0: Amen. You may be seated. Would you please pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we come before you on this night, this special night. We gather in a beautiful sanctuary with candles and decorations. We've rearranged our schedules to be here. And everything is special. We, of course, know that when Christ came, it was a very ordinary night. There weren't pretty decorations. And a scared and lonely young girl and her betrothed, Wondered what the night held for them. They worried about how things would be. But you were with them. In just the same way, you are with us here tonight. And we give thanks. We rejoice that you are very much in our presence, that you lead our worship together this evening. And we pray that as we spend time now looking into your word, that you would quicken our hearts, open our ears, give light to our eyes, that we might see and hear and know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm a graduate of the University of Missouri, and I must say, the year 2015 has not been a good year for the University of Missouri. First of all, our football team kind of struggled, and that's always a bummer. Second of all, our basketball team just has outright stunk. Then you add to that news of racial discord and hunger strikes and boycotts and firings and resignations of top-level employees, and you realize that things for the University of Missouri have been anything but rosy. But against that tumultuous backdrop, I got some good news just the other day. I saw something that was good news, even though it didn't really surprise me. You see, I I saw a report that came out that they had polled people in the journalism industry and asked them what the top journalism school was in the entire nation and what came out as the number one rated journalism school in this poll, but the University of Missouri. Now as a graduate of the journalism school at the University of Missouri, I took great pride in that. It was a wonderful, wonderful piece of news. Of course, any journalism alum of of the University of Missouri knows that it is not just the oldest journalism school in America, but the finest. And so, so I was excited, though not surprised. Many years ago, I left the journalism industry before I even really got started in it. And now I'm obviously a pastor, so i no longer am working in journalism. But you know what? I still like to share news with people. And tonight, I have the blessing of sharing with you the most wonderful news that could possibly ever be shared. Jesus Christ is born. You see, the news gets no better than that. God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, having come down to become a human being. It's great news, the best news. And as we consider that news, I want to think about it not from Jesus' perspective so much and not even from the perspective of Mary and Joseph, but tonight I want to consider it from the perspective of the shepherds. And as we think about what the shepherds did on that fateful night some 2,000 years ago, I think we'll see that the, the shepherds largely acted like they were journalists. You see, they they heard some news, and then they investigated the news, and then they shared that news with other people. First of all, we read these words together. I read them just a moment ago, and you, you were with me here. As I read, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock. By night, an angel appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with fear. The angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You see, that's, that's not just good news. It's the best news because, because it's news of the birth of a king. Do you remember back about two years ago when, when in England there was the birth of an heir to the throne? Uh, Prince George, who I guess was third in line to the throne was born and it was big news. There were people that were interested in it, not just people in England, people around the world were were paying attention and wanted to know all the details. They wanted to know uh, exactly what the time was the baby would be born, what, what the baby's name was going to be. They they wanted all the details. And unlike that royal baby who was born at 4 24 p.m. on July 22nd, 2013, at the Lindo wing of St. Mary's Hospital in Paddington. We look tonight to the birth of a king who was born that day in the city of David, Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. Just think about it. Consider for a moment, if you will, the God of the universe, the one by whom and through whom the entire cosmos was created condescending to take on human flesh but not just human flesh that of a helpless baby and not just that but a helpless baby born to a poor family actually born to a poor unwed mother who seemingly had everything against her at the time seemed not very glorious. That's how it would seem to our eyes, you know, because we look at the outward circumstances. We consider what it appears to be in our eyes, but angel eyes see things differently. Whereas our eyes see those outward things, the angel eyes see the spiritual truth that lies behind them. And those angels seeing the spiritual truths that were transpiring, sang out glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, the angel eyes knew that all of us have fallen short. There's not one of us who is worthy of God's pleasure. There is not one of us who have lived the life that God intends for us to live, and so we are all, on account of our sin, separated from God. We live in a broken, fallen world, and we are desperately in need of a Savior. And whereas others may have seen just a helpless baby lying in a dirty animal food trough the angel saw what was really there the savior christ the lord for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord we need to realize that's who he is jesus is not just a wonderful teacher He is not just a great moral example he is not just a great prophet sent from God oh yes he is all these things but he is so much more he is the very son of God God incarnate the son of God and the son of man and there is great joy available to all who would trust in him Christ Jesus the word become flesh the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world our very righteousness incarnate wherever you are today this is good news for you trust in him trust in his saving work on your behalf and you can know forgiveness of your sins. You can know reconciliation with God. You can know the joy of the salvation that he offers. This is the news that the shepherds heard. They not only heard that news, they investigated it like good journalists. They were minding their own business. They were doing their job out in the flock that night, and God just interrupted them. He doesn't ask if, if they mind if he comes into their situation on that night. He bursts in in the form of the angels that are bringing his news and the angels share this news of Christ the Lord born in Bethlehem. The shepherds had a choice then. They could have responded to that by saying wow that's wonderful news. Let's get back to the sheep. But that's not how they responded. A good journalist after all has to follow up on the story and see what the details are. And just as Journalists would do that, so did the shepherds. When the angels went away, we read in verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They went immediately, we're told, with haste. They they didn't waste any time. And we too should investigate this truth. In a sense, that's what we're doing right now, is it not? We, we cannot travel back 2,000 years and go to Bethlehem and be present beside the manger with the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and behold Jesus with our eyes. But what we can do is look at the account that Luke the historian gives us and we can know that this account was well-researched as he has told us and we can know That this is what occurred on that night, a very real night with very real people in a very real place. We need to consider not just what happened, but we need to consider its impact on us. What are the implications? They went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph, and so too we would see Mary and Joseph if we were there, but we, like the shepherds, would not have our attention fixed on this young couple, but rather we would have our attention fixed. Jesus, lying in the manger, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. We would find Jesus, God, with us. And what did that mean to them? And more importantly, what would it mean to us? It would mean that we'd found the heaven-born Prince of Peace, the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. It would mean that peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. What a wonderful truth. And further, he comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. Where in your life is the curse found? Where in your life does the curse come into contact with you? Where are its implications unfolding in your life? Wherever there is pain, wherever there is suffering, wherever there is sorrow or loss or grief or death, They are there because of the curse, the curse that came as a result of Adam's sin. We experience all of those things. And yet Jesus has come to make his blessings flow wherever that curse touches our lives. So wherever there is pain, wherever there is suffering, wherever there is sorrow, loss, grief, death. Know that Jesus comes to make his blessings flow in those very areas. And you can know his blessings. You can know his peace. And you can know his joy. And this is amazing news, my friends. It is the best of news. And once you've found him, really found him, not just come into contact with him, not just said you know him, kind of like, you know, there's some people you know like, There's that famous guy you know, and by you know him, you mean you bumped into him in an elevator once. Not that kind of finding. Once you've really found Jesus, once you've found who he is, once you've realized the truth of that, once you've accepted that with all of your being, once it's it's impacted your life and changed your life, then you can't help but share that news. You can't help but share it, and that's what the shepherds wanted to do, too. They wanted to share the news. You know, if you've been on Facebook and you come across a really neat post, what do you do? You click share. You want to share it. Or or if you hear a beautiful song and you want somebody else to hear it, you want to share that with somebody. And if that's true of a silly Facebook post or a a beautiful work of music, how much more is it true of the most excellent news that has ever been shared in the history of the world? So too you would want to share, and that's what the shepherds did when they saw it. They made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child, and all heard it. All who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Of course they wondered. It's kind of an incredible story, isn't it? A virgin conceived... A child, the God of the universe, took up residence within her womb. This God become child endured in ordinary labor and delivery, if there is ever anything ordinary about labor and delivery. And thousands of years of anticipation and prophecy all came to fulfillment in this moment in this place, in this child. And yet all these miracles pale in comparison to the greatest miracle of all, and that is that I, a sinner, separated from God, might have reconciliation with God, and might have fellowship with God, might even have sonship with God, With God, and you can too. That is the good news that the shepherds heard, the good news that they investigated, the good news that they shared. But they did one last thing before we close one thing that no good journalist will ever do. You see, because journalists are are supposed to be unbiased. They're supposed to try to come at things from a a neutral perspective. I remember covering sports, and, and, and there was always a rule, no cheering in the press box. No matter how wonderful or how exciting of a play you saw, you were to remain even keel about it. But what do we see that the shepherds do? Mary treasured things up in her heart, pondering them, but the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They worshipped the Lord. They worshipped the Lord, for after all, they weren't journalists, were they? (laughs) They were shepherds, ordinary shepherds, shepherds who had beheld the glory of God, shepherds who had experienced his grace, and shepherds who now joyfully proclaimed his praises. And Whatever you might be tonight, be it a journalist or a pastor, a skilled tradesman, or a doctor, or a teacher, or a nurse, a retiree, a grandparent, or a little child, you too, can hear the good news. You too can look into the good news. And having investigated it, you too can proclaim that good news to others. And so let us now together rejoice in the good news that is ours. Let us do so with haste. Rise with me right now, and let us sing hymn numbers 270 and 271. Joy to the world, and joyful, joyful, we adore